The New Testament lesson this morning comes from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. The word of the Lord. It has been six weeks since That glorious Easter morning here in the sanctuary, chairs set up to accommodate the masses, brass and music that left people feeling confident and smiling. And I wonder, what has, what have God and the Holy Spirit been doing since those days of Easter? What have they been up to? According to the book of Acts, a lot. The Holy Spirit has been moving and disrupting and challenging authority with bewildering speed. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the risen Christ promised. And boy, did he mean it. The Holy Spirit started giving orders, knocking down barriers, going places. These new followers of Jesus of the way would never dreamed of going. Philip, a church official, grilled him in Acts 7. Why in the world did you convert those lowly Samaritans? Well, he said, we weren't actually out to convert anybody. If you recall, Stephen had just been murdered. We were trying to lay low, stay out of the limelight, be quiet, waiting for things to cool down in Jerusalem. We didn't think anybody would bother us way out there in Samaria. They came to us. What do you mean they came to you? Who came to you? The Samaritans. who were just preaching, doing what we normally do. And the Samaritans came and they said they wanted some of what we had, some of that Jesus stuff. And so we baptized them, both men and women. Samaritans? You mean you baptized men and women Samaritans? What in the world were you thinking? Well, what could we do, they said. The Holy Spirit told us to do it. And we did it. All in favor of letting the Samaritans into the church say aye. Well, the vote, 30 votes no from the church members. The Holy Spirit voted yes. The motion carried. And now we have those low-life Samaritans in the family. I tell you, you baptize a few Samaritans, both men and women, And who knows where that's going to lead? 
Well, I'll tell you where it leads. One day, according to Acts, an angel wakes Philip up and tells him to go out into the desert where he meets an Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch, notice who's in charge here, the Holy Spirit tells them to go on a chariot ride, and Philip begins, begins to tell the eunuch about Jesus, and right there on the spot, he stops the chariot, and he says, I want to be baptized. And Philip mutters to himself, man, if they were mad when I baptized those Samaritans, they're going to kill me now. You baptized an Ethiopian eunuch, they ask at headquarters. Just following orders from the Holy Spirit, they said. Well, who's in charge here? You baptized Samaritans, an Ethiopian eunuch, and before you know it, you'll be cavorting and baptizing those dreaded Gentiles. Which brings us to today. Peter's working the territory of Caesarea. While he's out there, he runs into a Roman soldier, one of those who killed Jesus in that regiment who killed Jesus. His name is Cornelius. He's a Gentile. He is bad in every way you can think about it. And he asks Peter about Jesus. And Peter says, well, come hear me preach a little bit later on. So he gathers up some of his Gentile friends and they go out to hear Peter preach. And Peter begins his sermon by saying, I truly understand that God shows no partiality. But anyone who fears and accepts Jesus is acceptable to him. Peter's on a roll. He's preaching his heart out. And then all of a sudden, as verse 44 in our lesson reads, while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. All. Even the dreaded Gentiles. The Holy Spirit just rips the sermon out of Peter's hands and he takes over. And at the end, all Peter can say is, well, what was I supposed to do? I I had some water, and I baptized those Gentiles just like the Holy Spirit told me. And so people like you and me are now part of the church family. Why has the church spread into every corner of the globe? Why do we struggle and work hard to find a way to spread the gospel in every culture? Well, blame it on the Holy Spirit. I was in Chicago a few weeks ago talking to a Presbyterian pastor friend of mine, serves a church just outside of Detroit. He said, uh, Their church had recently had an encounter with immigration authorities. I said, wow, I need to hear about that. They had received a Christian Syrian family about a year ago, gave them shelter in a small apartment attached to the church, helped them get on their feet, bought them clothes, school books, got the father a job. They were 
a valuable part of their little Christian church. He said, one day we were all just standing around in the office, volunteers, the workers, the staff, and a young man came into the church office dressed in a suit and identified himself as an immigration officer. And he told the secretary that he was here to take the family and they were going to discuss deportation. I said, well, what happened? So well, the office workers just got scared. The secretary began to weep uncontrollably. Said, I, I didn't know what to do. Volunteers started to come in to see what all the commotion was about. He said, finally, uh, a sweet old lady who in the Presbyterian Church is part of our Methodist women, in charge of our Methodist women, came in and she said, what's going on here to the young man? And he politely told her what he was there to do. And she said, well, young man, you have your orders and we have ours. I'm sorry, but they're not going to be going with you today. And then she picked up a Bible from the desk and she rifled through the pages and she got to Luke 4 and she read Luke 4 to the young man in the suit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And with that, she laid the Bible down and she said to the young man, she said, I'm sure you understand. I hope you have a nice day and God bless you. <laughs> Yikes, I said, what, what happened? What, what did he do? I said, well, he was just so bewildered. He just turned around and walked out the door like the old lady told him to. Blame it on the Holy Spirit. A friend of mine who is a bishop told me that he had received a report that one of his clergy under his care had been regularly seen at a bar on a street corner near his inner city church. He was concerned, so he called his pastor in and asked him about it, and he was surprised when the preacher told him that the reports were true. He said, I'm in that bar two or three times a week. My friend said, two or three times a week? What in the world are you doing in there? He said, now, Bishop, you knew when you sent me to that church that it was a mess. Uh, membership is declining. The building is falling apart. We had to close down one of the wings of the Christian Education Building for Children. The bishop said, wait a minute, are you trying to tell me that this church has drove you to drinking? And he said, no, just hear me out. He said, in the last three months, we've been taking in new members. I've baptized six babies. The church is just showing signs of new life. All of those relationships came out of that bar. And then he said, Bishop, if you can figure out a way to keep the Holy Spirit out of that bar, I'll stay out too. <laughs> What's different since Easter Day? 
Well, we learn that the resurrection is not just the miracle of a once dead body raised from the dead. Easter is a claim about who's in charge of this tired, old, predictable world we live in. And once the spirit is set loose, you'd better watch out. God is going to have everyone, even the Gentiles. First, it's the Samaritans. Then it's this Ethiopian eunuch who doesn't know a Bible from a People magazine. And then it's Gentiles. Who's next? As the Spirit led Peter to preach, God shows no partiality.